Welcome to Dev Bootcamp Live. I'm Juan Lizarazo. And I'm Jared Potter. And today, Jared, we are announcing that this is our last podcast audio-only episode for Dev Bootcamp Live. Moving forward, we're just going to focus on our YouTube channel. And the reason for this is because we will be able to share our screens and share code and do some more relevant exercises and, um, you know, different things that are code related that will help our audience better. Uh, it was a good run. I think 30 episodes that we recorded was really good. So this is the reason why we have been absent for a while. We were just, you know, back on the drawing board uh, thinking. But for today's episode, we, we, we have some interesting topics uh, that are going to help you out as you start your journey uh, post your graduation when you start looking for a job. Mm, so Jared, uh, one of the problems the students face, right? And we were students once, is that like once we graduate, sometimes we are thrown into projects where we have to make major decisions. But the problem is that at times we don't have the guidance uh, for those decisions. Maybe we just have Google, right? Maybe we're the only developer at the company because we got a job at a small company, or maybe it's a consulting gig, right? Or maybe I just need to build my portfolio. There's all these questions that uh, we're going to help answer today in a very opinionated way, of course, right? But it's in an easy way that will help students. So Jared, what, what, what is going to be our topic for today? Uh, so today we're going to be talking about this service called Firebase specifically, which addresses many of the problems that students might face after they graduate on simple things like setting up a website on, uh, you know, on the internet to be available or, you know, being able to have a nice authentication user registration uh, set up. So we're going to be talking about a few different challenges and yeah, the ways that Firebase can specifically help solve these problems for us. Okay. So challenge number one. I need to create a website. I need to have HTTPS on the website. So that means I need an SSL certificate. I have never configured one, right? I'm, I'm just a student, I graduated. So, and I need the, the, the website to be fast, right? It cannot take more than five seconds to load. This website could be my own website or it could be a project for somebody else. It just needs to meet those uh, specifications. So how Firebase can help me with that? And what do I use for that? Yeah, definitely. So there's definitely a variety of different services out there that you could look at for hosting a website. Um, there's even like, if anyone remembers back in the day, having to like connect to an FTP server and push up HTML files and things like that. You know, you don't need to do that anymore. With Firebase, all you need is a Google account. So if you create a Google account and go to console.firebase.google.com, you can very quickly and easily create a new project. And then once you have that project created, from inside of your terminal, you can ascend, you can basically deploy your website from your code, even if it's just a simple static site, you know, index HTML, or if it's something more advanced, like a React site, Angular site, Vue site, what have you, you can take that code and very easily run essentially Firebase deploy in the terminal and push your project up to Firebase. Once it's there, it's being securely hosted over HTTPS, SSL, and they manage all that certificate stuff for you. Anyone who's had to manually set up a certificate in the past knows how much of a pain it is, how expensive it is. And with Firebase, you can do it for free. Okay. So you mentioned a Google account. Why, why a Google account? Like why is Google related to Firebase at all? Yeah, so Firebase previously existed on its own, but then many, many years ago, Firebase has purchased 
Fire, sorry, Google had fire, purchased Firebase and basically transformed its entire backend to be supported by the Google Cloud uh, Engine platform. So when they did that, they changed their authentication completely over to using Google accounts. So if you already have a Gmail account, you already essentially have a Firebase account, which makes it really convenient and quick and easy to get started without having to create a new account. Okay, no, that's really great because it pretty much sets the sense that Firebase is a solid product with a company, a solid company behind it. So it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Okay, that's awesome. So that solves the hosting problem, the distribution problem, right? The speed, the HTTPS problem. So now I can get my website up. But now let's imagine I just graduated, created the website, client's happy. Then client says, okay, I want to take it to the next, next level for my business. I want to manage some of my users uh, so then they can make their own appointments with my company, you know, super generic need that pretty much every web app in the world needs. So as a student, I started thinking, well, in the bootcamp, I created my own authentication with Passport and Node.js and Google, right? And I was able to set that up. I had to set up my own database and manage my own credentials. But then one of the problems is that I had to support other flows, password reset, right? Um, account verification, and then uh, encrypting and hashing the password uh, to allow for, for the login. So that was a, a big undertake. During the bootcamp, it took us uh, about a month to get that working properly with all those different flows. And let's not talk about two-factor authentication or other security implications. So what do I do? Like how can I do this without so much overhead? I don't have a whole month to do this. So Definitely. what did you recommend, Jared? Yeah, so similarly with the Firebase hosting that's available, Firebase has created an authentication service. And this authentication service makes it super duper easy to create an out of the box auth solution. So what this means is that on your website, it will allow you to create a, a registration form, a password reset form, or an a login form to be able to manage all of these details for us. And we know like, there's a common phrase out there, which is don't roll your own crypto, which is, you know, because of all the complicated aspects involved with making a very secure system, it's better to not build it yourself, but instead to lean on people who have done all of the hard work and the effort to make sure that it's secure. And Firebase has done that for us. They also provide support for a, a very large variety of OAuth 2 providers that make it super duper easy, again, to just drop this fully secure authentication system into your web app. So again, if you need to be able to have users register an account and then be able to have them log in and make their own appointments, it, it's, it's easier than ever to be able to do that with Firebase. And many of the other services, like you also talked about, Lon, two-factor authentication, um, passwordless logins, all sorts of other stuff, Firebase has support for. Let's say you're even building a web app that doesn't that, that's not hosted on Firebase, but is hosted somewhere else. Firebase is still a great solution for your authentication. Okay, no, that's really good. And one of the okay, so out of that that you just mentioned, a big recommendation for for these students for our audience is that yeah, don't roll your own authentication system. Use a managed service anytime you have the chance, and not just for authentication. And the reason for that is because, as you mentioned. You have a whole team of engineers, right? Lots of engineers behind it working for you on that. And then on day one, you already have all these flows supported and you have all these 
proven solutions in place. And if you don't pick Firebase Authentication, pick a different managed service, right? But uh, why did we mention Firebase? Because if you're using hosting, right, it makes sense to use anything that is integrated with it, right, with Firebase. So because it's part of the same suite, it makes it easier uh, to add. So that, that's really important and good information there. So that means really like in a day, I can have a whole authentication in place for my customer. As a student, I can do that. You know, it's not really hard to learn. You learn it like in a few hours and get it up and going in, in, in a day or less. Um, no, that's really good. So now the next problem that we usually have um, when we're building applications, right? The customer comes and says, okay, so this is great. They can authenticate, but now I want to set up the appointments, right? So now I know who you are, right? You're authorized, you have access, you signed up. I have some of your information, but I need you to set up an appointment. So the first portion for that is that maybe I just want to get an email or something when someone requests an appointment. Let's start phase one manual processing. I mean, like they request an appointment, I call them back, you know, something as simple as that. So usually because we have this front end application, right? This website we mounted, let's say we use React or something, whatever we use, we can think like, okay, well, in the bootcamp, I created an endpoint that we can call, right? And that endpoint can uh, send the email or do whatever it needs to do, right? In phase one, easy for the customer. So the customer knows to call back. Uh, we're not talking about persisting data or anything at all yet. So I need to create an API. So in the bootcamp, I used Node.js, right? The student uses Node.js and I deployed it. I used uh, one of those um, managed services, but it was, it's kind of like expensive for real life applications, right? And the customer doesn't want to spend a lot on the budget. I cannot tell them, right? Big billing for that. So how do I deploy my API in Firebase and how do I build it, right? I mean, I have heard as a student, I have heard about this term called serverless, but is it even applicable here? I never used it. So how do you help me out here, Jared? Yeah, definitely. So when, yeah, when you're building applications, oftentimes you might find yourself needing to be able to run some node JavaScript code uh, on the server side. And there's truly infinite possibilities of what you know you might need to deploy something in a secure server in, server environment. Yeah, the, so the term serverless or cloud functions has come in about a few years ago. You might hear the term Lambda function uh, from AWS. Uh, but really the idea, the, the short idea behind it is that, you know, the, these platforms have created a way for you to run again, bits of code server side without having to have an entire managed server that is constantly running, which can also be very expensive. Instead, the idea is that these functions, right, they're, they're analogous to kind of almost like functions inside of your programming language, is that you call them when you need to perform some sort of operation, some sort of function, if you will. And that's kind of all that's necessary to do. So in the context of the problem that we're talking about here that Juan had suggested is that, you know, some, I mean, if you need to have an email sent, well, a client's browser can't send an email you know, from within a web app. So instead what you have to do is, yeah, you would set up the, the front end web app to send a HTTPS uh, you know, request to this endpoint. And then it could, and then on the, when, once you hit that endpoint, it can be able to send uh, an email. So with Firebase, it's really, really easy. If you've already have your hosting set up and your authentication set up, there's a way to simply add a new folder to your project called functions. And inside of there, you have an index.js file, just like you would when you're running normal node code, um, you know, either locally on your machine, or if you were to deploy it to somewhere like Heroku. So once you have this, fun this, this folder created and have that file, 
you can add any sort of node JavaScript, you can install packages, whatever you need to do. And then you can very easily and quickly deploy that. It deploys within under a minute, and then you can hit that endpoint. Uh, similarly, if you wanna ensure that it's secure, there, you can actually read the request that's coming in and make sure that the person hitting your endpoint is authenticated. So you don't just have some unauthenticated user trying to make an appointment, you know, trying to have an email be sent uh, without being authenticated. And that's one of the beautiful aspects of Firebase. And if you use multiple of their services is that they're gonna work seamlessly together, tandem, okay. hand in hand. Okay, so, so far it sounds that Firebase it's a complete suite because so far it's helping me deploy my website, right? My web app, deploy it. Uh, it's helping me with managing users, right? Uh, managing identities, auto authentication. And it's also helping me build pretty much any type of API I need. Any RESTful API I can build, you can do it with Firebase functions. And the benefit is that they're serverless. That means that it's uh, they scale, like it's unlimited scaling. You get a million users, per hour, it will support and run that. And I don't have to manage the infrastructure because it's serverless. So that's that's really good. Um, yeah, and, and one last thing I'd like to quickly add is, yes, you can hit these functions via an HTTP method, right? Which is a more just a traditional way to do it. But you can also set up functions that are triggered on changes to your, to your storage bucket, to your database. You can also set up timed functions, scheduled functions. These are also called cron jobs, if you've ever heard of them before. Again, functions offer fairly limitless possibilities. So it's a, it's a pretty rich uh, solution. That's, no, that's really good. That's really good. And we're just throwing these concepts out there and these ideas, right? for the students. So then they know like, okay, this is out there and this can help me out. And I know, remember like, if you don't use Firebase functions, you can use any other type of like, you know, Amazon Lambdas, or you can use uh, Azure functions or Google Cloud functions, like in the, in the Google Cloud suite. Uh, of course, something I have to say about those is that you need to learn a little bit more and do a little, a little bit more of reading, right? They're more technical. With Firebase, the, the, the startup is easier. Like it's very, very friendly and student-friendly. So the documentation and everything, you, you get up and going really fast. So that's good. So you mentioned all the things. So you mentioned storage. So let's talk about that. Because now my client is saying like, I need to get a picture, you know, an ID or whatever for the appointment. Right. So I need the user to send me that paperwork, maybe some signed paperwork, some information. So they need to upload a picture of that somewhere. So in the bootcamp, like we use, right, I'm a student from the bootcamp. We use some third-party services, but then integrating with it, I mean, we didn't really cover them during the, the, the bootcamp, but we used it for the final project, right? That's a common case. So it's kind of like, there's so many solutions out there and then integrating and you do a lot of reading, but then it doesn't work the way you think and then it takes forever. Uh, then it doesn't work and then you have to switch, right? That happens a lot. So how do I upload a picture or document and, uh, and add it to my app easily? I mean, I don't have a lot of time for this. So, so how, like, since we're talking to Firebase, right? How Firebase can solve this problem for me? Yeah, absolutely. So Firebase offers storage buckets like many other services do. But I think what helps distinguish their, their buckets from other places is a couple of things. One of them is that they provide a, Firebase provides a very simple and easy to use JavaScript SDK that you can install into your web app. And again, there's options for either using a more traditional managed NPM install or yarn add type method, 
or even you can just add a a script ver a, you know a script tag version that will bring it in via a CDN. In either case, it provides a few different simple functions that allow you to, you know, take a native uh, HTML input file selector and then be able to take that file that the user selects and then immediately start uploading it to the storage bucket and also providing very user-friendly feedback on the percentage at which it's uploaded, right? Oftentimes you wanna be able to provide some sort of you know, loading bar of how far the progress is, or even just to say, hey, it's currently uploading, right? You wanna provide some user feedback to them. And, and, and if you use the Firebase JavaScript SDK, it makes it really easy. Once it's uploaded, it's really easy to then get what's called a download URL, which is a, the URL that is the publicly accessible link to that image. If you take that link, you could drop it into your web browser and that image, just the image would, would load up. And the last point I'd like to add to it as well is that again, you know, you can set up your storage bucket to have special security rules to say only someone who is logged in and authenticated can upload images or upload. And to be fair, it's not just images. You can upload any kind of file, a document, a video, anything that you might need to put into a, a storage bucket, right? A blob, you can definitely put in there and you can also have it set up to be fully secure and authenticated. Okay, no, that, that that's really good. So to provide other alternatives, like maybe students have, you have here about um, cold storage, right? Or just storage or static storage. Those are words that are similar to Firebase hosting. I mean, to Firebase uh, storage. Um, there's also Amazon S3. So when people talk about Amazon S3 buckets, right? Uh, is very similar, right? It's just static files that you upload in a high availability server that is just for files, right? And they can react to events and everything you mentioned. Uh, so that's really good. So now one of the common challenges for any real, real like web application, right? Is that we have to persist data, right? So now it comes to time like, okay, this system is working great. Now the customer asked me to um, do the appointments online, but it's very basic. I don't want, he doesn't want to integrate or they don't want to integrate with any system. They just want like, when they set the appointment, it shows him some dashboard. So they know like, okay, they're coming this day and a basic calendar. So that means we need to persist this somewhere. In the bootcamp, we use MongoDB, but we had to upload it in a managed service, right? Like Mongo Atlas or um, other service for, for that. But then uh, we had to do some, basic management, right? To set that up, connect it. Um, and there were some considerations. So does Firebase offer anything at all about uh, storing data? Yeah, absolutely. So it, historically there's been a service called uh, the real-time database, but anybody who's creating a new app these days is highly recommended to use what's called the Firestore database. So just a little bit about Fire, Firestore is that it is a custom type database that's created by Firebase, right? So it's not compatible with Mongo or MySQL or anything like that. Um, it's its own system. However, it's really easy to basically just get started with using this database. It's a NoSQL document collection style database, right? So you have a collection being your highest level unit. And within that collection, you add um, items and NoSQL, meaning that these are unstructured 
JSON objects that you can put in there. And the hierarchy, of course, can go as deep as you want it to be, right? So it's important that whenever you use any sort of NoSQL style database, that you know, you're, you're being mindful of the structure of your data. Uh, but yeah, for this simple app, yeah, we just need to keep track of a few different fields, you know, a couple strings, couple um, uh, date time objects to say when someone's coming in, um, and that's it. So Firebase, Firestore makes it really, really easy to have support for a very wide variety of data types for any type of object that you might want to save inside of the database. And again, just like with the storage, you can set up special security rules to ensure that the that you're, the that the people who are editing data or changing data or creating data are authenticated. And what's really nice is you you know with these security rules, you can dig down and make sure that a request has a minimum set of fields, right? A minimum set of required fields. You can also then also do checks in the security rules to do validation on that data to make sure that it's in the format, right? Uh, that that you're expecting. Um, and yeah, which again, normally you would have to kind of do this type of work in your code on like a, you know, in an endpoint, but Firebase makes it really easy to be able to just add these type, this type of validation inside of these security rules. So again, you can keep your database consistent, clean, fast, and secure uh, with Firebase Firestore. Um, additionally, uh, again, there's a Firebase JavaScript SDK that makes it really easy to plug into your web app and be able to, again, provide perform all of these four CRUD operations um, to your database. Um, and then lastly, there is a real-time functionality or WebSockets functionality, again, built right into the JavaScript SDK. Um, now that you that mentioned real-time, um, so the customer, so they are, um, okay, so the app is great, right? And that, now that you mentioned that problem, so there's a, there, that's a new problem. So the customer um, now is saying that like they're getting appointments, everything is great, but the only complaint is that they have to refresh every five minutes to like know if there's new appointments coming in to make sure to call the customer and confirm the appointment, you know, all these different things that go there. So how can you solve that? Like you mentioned real time, but like as a student, right? In the bootcamp, we didn't really use real time, right? But we had some side projects, we use them, but then we use socket.io and we have to set up our sockets and stuff. But then setting that in the server wasn't as, as fun, right? Because you had to, to, to allow for some security and sometimes it wouldn't connect, especially when you have like a deployment in like, let's say I had a, a node server in two different uh, nodes, right? Like two different deployments, then if the connection was in one of them, then it wouldn't get the message. I wouldn't connect. I wouldn't refresh, right? So all these real-time implications. So you mentioned real-time. So is that applicable to what I'm mentioning? Can I use leverage that? So then the user doesn't have to refresh and shows the new information as it comes in. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as, as any web app begins to progress and get more complicated and more advanced, typically users are going to want you know, a user experience where the data is more real time. Yep. So, you know, in this case that we're talking about, you know, if, if the person who's running the business where there's, where these appointments are being made, they want to be able to see in real time, Hey, when a new appointment comes up, they just want it to show up, you know, right there. Right. I think something that a lot of students could relate to is like, um, any sort of chat app, right. When, when you're chatting back and forth, right. You're seeing these messages pop up in the, in, in, in a web app, in a website. Um, so that's what that's real time functionality. 
So yeah, with Firebase, one of the really important things is that with Firestore is that although it doesn't have real time in its name, like the previous generation of databases for Firebase, the Firestore has real time functionality. And what that means is that on your front end web app, once you've installed the front end JavaScript SDK, you can set up certain fields to be dynamically bound to the Firestore database. And what this is doing is that it's it's essentially, you know, keeping a connection open to Firestore that says, hey, anytime something changes, I'm listening for it. And then I'm going to update, update my web app. So again, it Firebase makes it super duper easy to be able to plug in and get this real time functionality with really no work or setup that needs to be done besides just simply saying, yep, this particular data, this particular field, it's real time. So watch it watch for changes. So that means again, if the business owner can keep their window open and other people, their customers can make an appointment and boop, like, you know, you'll have the new appointments pop right up, you know, and you can do some front end JavaScript to add some nice styling or things to say, Hey, you know, these are new appointments that you haven't seen before. Right. There's all sorts of things you can do like that. that that's really good. So Jared, so this is great. We mentioned it, right. It's high level, but like our audience, like they really want to learn more. So how can I learn more about all these different uh, pieces Firebase offers, maybe build a real life application, see all the examples, but I don't want to read all these documentation and not know what I'm doing. So where can I go and learn more? Yeah, so students can head over to learnfirebase.dev or alternatively, they can go to udemy.com and search for Learn Firebase Core with React. This is a course that I, myself, Jared Potter, have created um, and have made available to students to be able to learn more about Firebase. You know, I've used Firebase for many years now for my own personal projects. Um, I don't work for Firebase or Google or anything like that. This is just, you know, me building something that I really care about. And I think that a lot of other students can get a lot of value for. So it's been out for a few weeks now, and I'm really excited for new students to sign up. You know, feel free if you do sign up to ask questions. I'm very responsive in answering those and helping students along. Yeah, that's that that's a really great source, uh, resource. I actually checked it out, and and it, it's definitely good. It's definitely good. Check it out. Uh, in there, you will learn all the different core services, hosting, authentication, the database, storage, function. Even like they released the new V9 version a few weeks ago, and it already has a complete module, thirty-five minutes, eight lectures just about upgrading to the new V1 that just barely came out like two or three weeks ago. So it's pretty up to date and, and, and you use React. So it's really good because it's very relevant. I have used Firebase myself for a few projects. I had a project with some APIs uh, consuming some third-party services. I use Firebase functions. It was super yeah. easy to get going. Um, and I had a project with just static hosting and my one website is on Firebase um, and then Firebase authentication. So it's really uh, a really complete yeah. solution. Completely. And the last like major note I want to point out here is that one of the my favorite aspects of Firebase is that they have a true free tier that is persistent. You know, when you look at AWS, they'll, they'll give you 12 months of a free tier. Or if you look at Azure, they give you a number of credits when you sign up. But as soon as you've exhausted those resources, you have to start paying money for those things. Firebase has a real free tier that has generous limits that renew every single month. 
I, you know, for all the different personal projects I've created, which is probably a couple dozen at this point, I've never paid a bill to Firebase. So unless your project turns into something bigger than, than, you know, what you're kind of doing, or it's just for a small business, you know, if, if it, if it's beyond that, then, then perhaps you do need to like, look at, you know, some bigger services. Um, but even if you do, uh, you know, like I said, it, Firebase is amazing for, for, for lots of different projects, personal projects, or even bigger production projects. Um, under the right context. But again, That's it, the great. fact that it's free is amazing. Yeah, it is. So remember, go to learnfirebase.dev uh, to learn more and sign up uh, in for, for Jared's course on Udemy. It's really good. Um, so yeah, as I said, um, this is the last audio-only episode, the podcast of Dev Bootcamp Live. Uh, we'll continue with Dev Bootcamp Live. Uh, we're going to focus mainly on YouTube and probably some uh, articles we're going to start writing and some blog, but that's going to come later. But uh, so this is not the end. Just reach out on Twitter. You can find our Twitters uh, on the links here and uh, go head over YouTube and subscribe. We're going to start publishing content there. We have some series there, like five minute JavaScript, where we cover JavaScript basics under five minutes. Um, we're going to do some more content there. So it's going to be like what we have been doing for the podcast, directing new students, new graduates, aspiring software engineers, but we're going to use more visual resources. So then we can take you up to the next level, right? We finished this first season, 30 episodes, and now we're going to go up the next level where we can really continue helping you become the best software engineer on your team, or we'll help you land your first engineering job. So I'm Juan Lizarazo. And I'm Jared Potter. And that's it for now. Thank you. Goodbye.